Good afternoon, fellow gooners. Welcome to another installment of Canon Talk. I'm here this morning with Coast as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on um, Watford, and we take on the Fox. Uh, we discuss the game against the Foxes. I think on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, with regards to the Watford Arsenal game, um, you know, with the game kicking off, I must say this is. I mean, I haven't seen an Arsenal game like where they start off so dozy or sleepy. You know, to get the game kicked off because I mean, within 18 seconds, Emmanuel Dennis ends up getting the ball in the Arsenal net. I mean, of course, only to be ruled offside, but talk about a big wake up call for Arsenal. That's that pretty crazy because, um, you know, I, I probably put on the game maybe about 50 seconds later and I didn't realize that there was a ball in the back of the net. So, good to let know what that <laughs> the funniest thing was like, my son and I, we like having you know, like having. A cool drink or something like that. Well, I mean, I'm. I think I just about cracked open my can of soda and I'm about to sit as against the ball in the net. I'm like, what? And and my son already looks totally bemused. Like, what's going on? And then I mean, my heart. I mean, immediately my heart goes from chest to feet. And I'm thinking, is this another way to start? And then of course I just see the license flag or something. I'm like, like finally I could breathe normally again. But I mean. Honestly, I, I I still don't get how you can still because like the warm up looked good and that everything, but then the minute they started, they already looked almost like second best. I mean, of course, it's a it's a, so, a short uh, time span that you're talking of, like eighteen seconds. But even then, we were looking almost like too rushed. That, but I mean, with that being said, like about two minutes later, Arsenal, of course. That was like, you know, as I said, the wake-up call they needed. And all of a sudden, you start seeing them out, uh, string passes together. And I mean, uh, like, it started actually looking at more, you know, the confidence was uh, coming back after that little shell shock moment. But I mean, they actually started to look good because, then, of course, you know, the, the, like, almost like the what for it is now, kind of sit back and almost like process now what's going on with them now. First, you see the ball so easily, and now all of a sudden, now they were in the back foot immediately. Yeah, no, I think, um, like you said, we, we did take control quite nicely of the game afterwards and we did set a dominance and you could see, you know, which team was chasing for top four and which team was chasing a relegation battle. But that being said, you know, Watford at times also did give as good as they got. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, in the fifth minute, a fantastic interplay between uh, Odegaard and Saka that kind of sets up Odegaard to get himself into the box and you know, part of me was always worrying, you know, when you see him in the box in previous games, he's always trying to be unselfish, like, you know, laying the ball off or whatever. And I think this time he almost like thought to himself, I'm taking responsibility on myself. And I mean, he ends up with a perfect place shot, one or Arsenal. He seems to be liking those type of goals with the late runs in the box. And, you know, we've been talking about it. We've been missing somebody like that, you know, since the days of Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. And it's just good to see you again. Um, a guy making those late runs in the box or advancing runs from deep into the box, which ultimately seems to be unlocking the sides, especially those uh, those uh, teams that sit back at us. So it is a good uh, good goal from Arsenal, good overall play, and I was happy to you know um, the neat piece of work from Odegaard as well. It was really growing in stature game by game. And I mean, what I also really enjoyed of the goal was. Um, you know, normally you, you always worry about is a player going to try almost like a net buster or something like that. And for him, it was almost like just a finesse finish. And as you were saying before, that type, that's almost like becoming his trademark thing. Because if you th- remember or you think back to the the match against United at Old Trafford, 
We also just placed the shot, you know, at Luton. Everton, Everton, Everton. Everton also. Yeah, but I mean, the one at, who's good at one at United was Martinelli. It was, it was Smith Rowe got the one goal, and then what was the second goal? What was Odegaard? Yes, it was Odegaard as well. He, he scored similar two goals, I guess, against Everton and, and um, United. Yeah, because I mean, he just puts enough fade on the ball to get, uh, you know, it was like more directed at goal, but just out of the reach of the keeper. Because I mean, in both cases now, the goalkeeper is going full stretch and still not able to get a end to the ball. So, you know, fantastic start by Arsenal. <clears throat> Arsenal, of course, are playing after the goal. Confidence is now there. Start playing a bit more uh, key ball. <clears throat> and then almost like totally against the run of play. In the 11th minute, Arsenal gets swamped on the left flank. Uh, Firmino ends up whooping across. Arsenal are kind of slow to pick the ball up in midfield. You know, get runners into the Arsenal box. And I mean, Juan Hernandez ends up pulling off a fantastic overhead kick. And I mean, it ends up getting buried in the Arsenal net 1-1. I mean, also, on the first side note, Needless goal to concede. Yeah, no, I think it was very lax defending, um, but I didn't take anything away from the quality of the strike. But I do think we could have done better. I think Shaka and Cedric were to play because they weren't communicating and switching with Martinelli on the overlap, you know, which led to the cross ultimately. And I think um, Shaka's new advanced roles, you know, taking a bit of a toll, I think, on Kieran Tierney because, I mean, Shaka's <laughs> only in that kind of pocket. You know, they're covering if Kintini bombs forward or avoids the two-on-ones, but, you know, I think it's, it's impacting his game a bit. Yeah, no, Nonetheless, great goal. I mean, it's a good point you bring up also because it's actually a point that I wasn't put into my notes and rather took it out, but as you said, it's almost like left Tini with a job of like trying to mark three people on the one flank. As it was like, because I mean, they were swamping that whole uh, left side of the Arsenal, uh, on, you know, Arsenal side of the pitch. And I mean, I think that is what caused also the chaos where he's getting swamped. He do not know who he must pick up the three. And I mean, the ball gets crossed. And, and of course, in, in the middle of, of all that, what you said now also, where Cedric don't pick up the runner. Uh, uh, Jaka is also not really watching. And also, I think Ben White was also quite static when the ball came over. So, I mean, it's like a, 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 a needless goal that was conceded. Yeah, but I mean, for, for me, you know, a lot of the times with Arsenal, if you concede... Maybe previous seasons, even even yeah. like the start of the season, I would have feel the pulp and panic. But there was a sense of calmness watching this game, knowing that you know I, I do feel we're gonna come back and yeah. get another. Because I mean, if you remember last week, we were also talking about normally Arsenal fans would be seeping out of the Emirates sort of like with ten minutes to go, and I mean with that game, especially that with Wolves, I mean where they were actually just sitting and because they knew something was coming, and I mean this is sort of energy and this vibe you're getting off this team as well. I think vice versa, the team are also feeding off that, you know, the, the crowd support also from them. That's why you see they're also thankful now post-match and they were, you know, celebrating with the fans, the points. Yeah, no, definitely. There's just, just a different atmosphere at the club at the moment. I think, um, you know, I, I watched just a bit off topic, you know, watching those old, you know, invincible videos, you have the um that Edu scoring at goal at when they beat Inter Milan 5-1 and you have Arteta as well, who was part of the Wenger era, even though it wasn't all successful, there was some success, but it's almost like, you know, these guys that were at the club, you know, I know I'm also give Edu stick at times, but it, um, it's almost like this club has seen this winning mentality in the past, they know what it is to win things yeah. and to get us there, and I think, 
you know, perhaps we, we are on the way up and, and finding yeah. our way to get to that team that we once were. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, like, if you look at that, at, uh, with it now, just pertaining to the match again, also do look at that, but, I mean, it, it's like something where, they almost like, they, as you said now, they can actually snap, you can almost like visually see, they snap out of it, almost like, look, we have to buck up now, or, or uh, you know, uh, come together. And, I mean, you see people like, uh, um, Odegaard talking more, getting the guys rallied up, or Gabriel or Ben White also, you know, getting the players, and, and even some like Tierney also. So, all that you can see is also like a, a new sort, sort of like a resurgence in the mindset of the team. Um, then back to the game in the 18th minute, Arsenal now, you know, cranking up the pressure again. And then it was like flip side again, Ramsdale ends up fumbling a shot from a, a loser. And I mean, this was, it was actually something that was a kind of headache with regards to Ramsa. But that being said, he's also saved our air, like you know our asses a lot of times over the course of the season. And in, in like my mindset, I don't know, I mean, this is last week, but I just think to myself, in a way, we also have to be prepared for moments like this where he's gonna yeah. have like a brain fart moment, and but you know the rest of them are covering for him like as a, as a squad. So this is a very uh, you know a unified setup at the club at the moment. So, I mean, of course, the yeah, big scare for Arsenal. Then, 30th minute, uh, Saka, you know, seemingly, you know, almost like dominating that uh, one flank of the of of Watford. Because, I mean, you could see they were really rattled on the, I think, the, the, the Watford's left side because their left back was constantly, you know, taking breathers and that because he could not <laughs> focus. The right at, at uh, Saka kept on running at him constantly, slaloming him and whatever. Then, uh, what was it? 30th minute, the uh, soccer goal, right? Where the whole inter- yeah. where I think he ends up winning the ball off clear or cleverly just kind of dawdling on the ball. He gets almost like uh, robbed of it. The quick interplay by Arsenal, like I said, does a fantastic layup. And I mean, Saka comes in, you know, almost like on the run and kind of gives the, the keeper also the eyes. Because I mean, by the time he bends the ball into the top corner, the goalkeeper's almost like standing flat footed there, 2 1 Arsenal. Yeah, no, I think as a left footer, it was a beautiful finish because he tried to, you know, most players in that situation would probably try to curl the ball into the, uh, like the corner which where the keeper was diving, but he ends up hitting a rocket in the top corner in the other side. So, you know, brilliant goal, 2-1 Arsenal. And like I said, you know, that that goal was coming because just the way we, like you said, we snapped out of that, that rut when they made it 1-1 and then we were back into control again. Yeah. Then 40th minute, Arsenal domination goes into overdrive. Watford not even now getting out of the half as we edging out towards halftime. And I mean, you could see halftime also for, uh, like, you know, can, couldn't come sooner for the Hornets because they were like just barely hanging on at the, you know, close to the end of the half. Yeah, I know. It was, it was very brilliant stuff by the Gunners. And I think um, well deserved lead. And I was hoping that we would have sort of added some more to that goal difference. Yeah. Then second off, uh, 48th minute, um, Ramsdale ends up making a right cock up of the clearance. He ends up slicing it straight to João Pedro. But of course, João Pedro and Hernandez end up getting almost like overexcited. They end up all trying to bundle each other off the ball. And I mean, that, that little con- bit of confusion ends up getting Ramsdale the time or giving him the time to get back in the box and position himself ready to make the stop. Yeah, that's that's um, it really did cause me a bit of a mini heart attack, heart attack at that moment. Yeah, then 52nd minute, the ball rolls out of play. Like Arsenal, of course, on the Arsenal side of the, the bench, and Arteta ends up racing out of his technical area. 
<laughs> ends up just underarming it to Saka, who takes the throw immediately. I mean, the ball, it, is almost like, it becomes like total football. The ball ends up going through the likes of uh, Suarez, then Odegaard, and then again a layup by Lacazette. The Frenchman then tees up Martinelli, who comes on the run, and he ends up just passing the ball into the top corner, 3-1 Arsenal. I think it was quite a good finish by Martinelli. Okay, brilliant with Martinelli. I mean, brilliant by everybody involved in that goal. But that finish as well was quite, you know, for Martinelli, who hasn't been in the greatest form of late. Yeah. You know, that goal quite excellently. I mean, you know, when I was watching that goal, I was just thinking to myself, now can't Thomas Party take that <laughs> page out of the book? Because, I mean, you can see his heart, Thomas Party's heart is there, but... Like when it comes to finishing, I don't know if he gets overexcited or <laughs> rather try passing it into the net instead of you know blasting it full power. But you know that's all, of course, just a side tracking. But um, 57th minute uh, from kickoff, Arsenal, of course, start focusing again. Like, end up giving the ball to Ramsdale, and I mean this time he ends up kicking the ball this time straight to Emmanuel Dennis. Uh, the ball ends up getting played fast out to uh, Tom Cleverley. And I mean, he ends up missing up another, like, you know, teed up shot. But I mean, uh, and again, a warning for Ramsdale. Yeah, I know. I think Ramsdale was, was just one of those games, like you said, you know, he's been there um, game after game so far. So I think in that instance, I think it was just, you know, one of those games where we have to discover for yeah. him. Yeah, and, and I also think, you, you know, sometimes when you have that confidence too high, you do sometimes get cocky. And I think yeah. that, like, this is something that, kind of evens the playing field in where he knows, look, I have to really focus on else I'm going to lose my place because, I mean, I've got, like, Germany's number three, uh, you know, breathing down my neck. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think you better be careful. I mean, you don't want the case because Leno's almost on his way out and that's yeah. not a good sign for, for you know, not, not that I'm being overly critical, but you know, in the case of where the goalkeeper doesn't have stiff competition waiting to come on the bench, you know, and yeah. Then you have that complacency that can keep you. Then 68th minute, Odegaard uh, <laughs> by now is like, you know, opening the watch for defence at all now. He's passing and, and also off the ball running. They just could not, you know, really deal with it. Um, then 76th minute, big chance for Dennis, who ends up just missing out on a tap-in after great work on the flank by Watford. And, I mean, for me, this is something that I was also want to always bring up to you. Arteta, this is the one like on my actor right now, my big criticism about Arteta because you can clearly see the team is tiring by this point. Even by the 64th minute, you can see certain people are getting more sluggish. Okay, we did make the change with Pepe coming on for Martinelli, 73rd minute. But that being said, you've got your three subs. Try to make use of them, like, you know, accordingly to help the team also out because all of a sudden you saw, um, you know, people like uh, Xhaka, Either overeating or under-eating passes. Then you saw, um, you know, people like Odegaard not really getting involved anymore because, I mean, I think his race was also run by them. And like certain people, you could actually see now that fatigue starts to set in. And for me, especially when you 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 suddenly lose that sort of grip of a game from the midfield side, then it, it, for me it does become a big, big worry because now you're getting people like, um, you know, Cedric, that, that look, he's not the, the youngest anymore. And I mean, if he's going to have to keep on, uh, you know, defending and coming up against two people because nobody's really giving him protection, it's going to just add to his already fatigue. And I mean, he's normally running out of gas close to also with 15 or 20 minutes to go. So 
for me, that is where Arteta really needs to. I mean, I, look, I don't know if it's Arteta's way of trying to, uh, you know, push the team's conditioning to its almost like till it's in its full red or whatever. Or, you know what? What do you think that that sort of ploy is? Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it because, yeah, on the one hand, you, you could be eating something with that because you only get for them by pushing yourself like that. I mean, you can't do that in training because. I mean, it's just you just can't can never compare to proper proper match fitness and that you, you experience in that. So I think in order for Arsenal to get to that next level, I think they need their players to push their boundaries and be yeah. like the Man Cities and Liverpool. Because I mean, Liverpool will press you until yes. you know until they, you blue in the face. I think you know right now only Manchester City and Liverpool are probably only playing better yeah. than Arsenal. And I mean, they mature teams right now and we're in the rebuilding phase. So. I think maybe that's what Atleti is trying. I mean, obviously, I think maybe in a game against you know Chelsea, City, Liverpool, United, or whatever, he might be reluctant to push players as much. But I think in an instance like this, no disrespect to Watford, yeah. but this is a best opportunity. You three one up, you know, try to continue and pushing until you can't anymore because that's how you break through those fitness barriers. Yeah, in the 80th minute, um, Ketia came on, and Lacazette like, came off. As I said, he you can see clearly see it's a right source run. A minute later, and Ketty ends up smashing the ball, the ball into Watford post. I mean, with Ben Foster clearly beaten, but I mean, unlucky by the young Arsenal striker. Then, 84th minute, Arsenal going to again a sort of self destruct mode. Granit Jacker ends up under eating his back pass. It ends up getting intercepted by Emmanuel Dennis, and as he's about to pull the trigger, Ben White comes in to save the day. Yeah, no, that was a very uh, lucky one there. Could, I mean, we could have, and, and I thought Shaka would have learned his lesson with those passes. Yeah. Actually, it drives me up the wall when he does that. Because for me, it's almost like you've you've got the game in your hand, and now all of a sudden you're making it tighter and tougher for yourself. Because I mean, you're also not bearing the other chances you are getting that comes to you, and now all of a sudden the game starts entering a phase where Watford now, you know, with with like say five or five or ten minutes to go. They're going to now give you everything with the crowd behind their back, you know, giving them that extra lift. Then, uh, 87 minutes, Sissoko ends up putting one back for Watford uh, with Ben White and Ramsdale, you know, finding to halt the experts, man, as he makes it 2-3 uh, on the day. And, and also his pass, also, Jacques pass that started that, you know, he, yeah. no, no sooner after you speak with an 85th minute incident, he yeah. actually goes and eats another pass like that, or crossfield pass. Which was under it, and then you know capitalized by Watford, and 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 eighty seventh minute, you know, my heart was in my throat because this game now suddenly becomes, you know, I mean, you're thinking about a three one victory, you know, you 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 almost like wrapping the game up in your head, thinking to yourself, okay, City's playing United, um, you know, Spurs are only playing tomorrow. This is a great win for us, and then you know that happens, and suddenly you're thinking, oh my word, are we gonna drop points now? And of course, you can see everybody's on that kind of cramping up at the time. And of course, it was happening with both sides. But I mean, you now see that sort of momentum going. And I'm already getting to a stage where my eyes are not even watching the clock anymore because I'm just thinking, for me, that clock is ticking by too slow for my liking. And I mean, I'm starting to, I'm literally now edge of the seat type of thing, watching Arsenal now, trying to hold on. And I mean, also, uh, funny enough, <laughs> started using the dark arts because there was a moment. I don't know if you remember that in the game, 
where uh, Tierney and Hernandez are on the touchline, and Hernandez just like shoves the ball into Tierney's stomach. I mean, like <laughs> gently, and Tierney goes down like a sack of potatoes to win the free kick. One of the toughest men in the f- on our field, actually. I was like, oh, I, I, I was laughing because Kieran Tierney's not someone who goes down easily. You know, he's very tough. But when they just put that ball in his stomach and he fell like that, I just laughed. Yeah, me too. Because I mean, I think you needed at that point certain dark art, as they would know what I call it. But then, I mean, Arsenal, 90th minute, making the final change. Rob Holding coming on. Odegaard coming off. And I think Arsenal were now also reverting now to a sort of, you know, like they did against Wolves, where they played like a sweeper system where you just need to sit behind and clear, uh, clean up everything. Um, what would then <coughs> substitute? You know, just really thought it could now just be over now. Uh, they sub, Kalu ends up getting, you know, squirming past also defence. And so manages to get the shot away. But I mean, it's always like two straight down the Ramsdale still to make the save. So, you know, close call. But three points for Arsenal and we move on. Yeah, no, that Kalu did scare me because he just seemed like a guy who had a lot of pace to burn. And I was just looking at that clock when he came on. But, you know, like you said, um, Arsenal take the victory 3-2 and, you know, move more close or tighten the grip on that fourth spot as we are fourth now with, you know, three games in hand on United, three games in hand on West Ham and one game in hand on Tottenham. Yeah. And I mean, for me, what I still couldn't get my head around was how you can go from a game where you are, you know, comfortable and then it ends up like playing at the last five or ten minutes as a squeaky bump time fixture. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that uh, used to be kind of ironed out because, I mean, you know, no disrespect, you know, Watford, you could get away with that. But let's say you're playing an Aston Villa side who are you leading 3-1 and you keep a goal away like that. I mean, you saw what they did to United when United were 2-0 up. They pulled it back to 2-2. So, you know, you don't want to be going to Villa Park and having squeaky bump time with like five minutes to go and five minutes um, extra time or injury time and then, you know, you, you could see yourself throwing points away there. Yeah. So we were attention now to Arsenal versus Leicester. I mean, good to be home again. Uh, fourth takes on 12th. And I mean, for me, it's crazy how the tide has turned yeah. with, with these two teams. Because if you think the first two, three months of the season, Arsenal were dangling the nether regions of the, the bottom half of the league. And Leicester were really high-flying. And I, I don't know what brought on that, but I mean, it's almost like a... They went from like a sort of peak to a, a like immediate tanking where they just you know struggling to find form. Certain injuries were coming and and, and springing up. And I mean for me, both sides, like with, with tomorrow's or, or sorry, Sunday's fixture, both sides will be missing the top goal scorers because Smith Rose not fully recovered. I mean, he might still make it, but it's a big if. And uh, Jamie O'Vardy is out for a month. Okay, that's I don't mean to sound good news for injured players, but I think, you know, Vardy's always been that wily character that's been giving us trouble, even home or away. He's always been on the end of things to punish us. So, you know, I definitely think Arsenal can take advantage of that. And, and hopefully, you know, but I think they need to kind of end Leicester's hopes very early on in the game, you know. Yeah. Quick goals, maybe in the first 20 to 30 minutes, almost to just crush them, their spirit, and then just take it from there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, watching the, I watched a bit of the the Leicester Rain game yesterday. I really thought the Rain would now push them because I mean, look, they played with quite Leicester played with quite a strong side. 
So I'm just, I was like hoping that they could not be pushed an extra mile. And then, you know, when they play us, okay, they might maybe start with a flurry and, that, and then afterwards that, that um, fatigue and that starts kicking in with them. Yeah, but I think that fatigue will definitely kick in, you know, regardless of uh, how easy the game is or whatever. You know, the fact that you're playing 90 minutes on a Thursday and you have to play a Sunday, you know, when your legs are still sore after, after that game, you know, you still have to make yeah. the effort. So to make those long passing runs. So I think Arsenal are lucky in the aspect that they could just sit and have their feet um, rested for a week. And I think that's, you know, you've always spoken about it, that that European distraction could be good for one season. And I think, you know, we're seeing it now in play where we actually also, I'm just looking at the log, we two games behind Chelsea. And I think we, what is it? 12 points behind them or something like that, where if we can almost catch nine points, sorry, if we can win our two games in the end, we almost like we just, just tied with Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's going to also be a big factor, especially if you take in consideration now the, the whole drama is going on at Stamford Bridge right now. I mean, of course, yeah, they, they're still chipping away wins and that, but I think all this is going to start setting in with these players, their mindset with. You know, all Romero Baram, which is assets being frozen. And I mean, I mean, of course, I don't want to sidetrack too much with him and that, but I mean, this could be also a big factor in this whole uh, race. And that. Because especially now with that one stipulation of um, them flying via, like, you know, with private jets to, to away fixtures in the Champions League, that's now not on at the moment for them. Oh, it's, it's crazy. And, and I do feel for them to an extent because. You know, I know what's going on in the world is crazy at the moment, but I mean, you know, Chelsea players, the Chelsea staff, whatever, you know, has, has really nothing to do with what's, what's been happening. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so uh, as a comment I actually read earlier on, on, on um, I think YouTube, watching some of these, uh, you know, videos and that, and somebody was saying, like, if Roman's money was, was like, good for you to win trophies, but now... Uh, it's like well, with all this, this is a background drama going on. Now it's not like everyone who wants to distance themselves as quick as they can from him. <laughs> I'm talking about the Chelsea fan base because I think this is also going to show who the real or who their real fans are that are, you know, going to stick th- like, through them, like through thick and thin. Then. Yeah, I know. And, and and actually, you know, one of my talking points, which is not like a major one, but you know, Usmano, remember how I said Arsenal fans were pushing for him to come in. I mean, I don't know if he's. Really... I was, I was also for that. I mean, I, I mean, I was also because he wanted that injection in the club. But you know, who knows what could have happened to us now with, with that happening? Yeah, I mean, even Usmano, like now he's on the Everton or he was on the Everton board. I mean, he's one of his super yachts were already confiscated there in Hamburg, so he's also trying to move his. Like you know, liquid assets also as far as he can out of Europe, probably. Yeah, so it just shows you know sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I'm sure you know us Arsenal fans are looking at it now and saying you know the crookies aren't bad after all. <laughs> true, true, that, true that. Um, with regards to the match again, um, key place for for uh, Leicester right now is. Tielemans with 7.4, and I mean, look, he's currently been linked to us in the summer for a move. Um, that Ndidi as well, that, I mean, at times he's playing holding, but, but also sometimes when they really, under the cosh, he can even slot himself into the, the back four, back five that they have. 
Um, then, of course, a new up-and-coming central midfielder is also doing quite well. That's uh, Keenan Dewsbury Hall. He's been getting, I think, he's averaging something like 7.2 per game. And then I mean, for Arsenal right now, our guys are also, you know, leading the charge, Saka, Party, and Smith Rowe. But I mean, I also want to give an extra shout-out also to Odegaard because I think he's also carried this team also quite a way since, I mean, since his whole run has started as well. Yeah, no, I think what do we, the last 10 fixtures we've won, eight last one and drew one in the Premier League. Yeah, so I mean, he's got a big shout on over, also like 4 4. I mean, of course, still a bit too early for that, but I mean, even play of the season, he's even got a big shout for because people like him and then you get it. But I think it's also down to a team effort. It's not, you got to say, yes, it's an individual thing because you can see every for a, for a team to be so successful, you can see everybody, all that gears have to be running in the same direction and, and clicking as well. Yeah, 100%. And a guy also, and I don't give enough care to his luck, as said, you know, I've been slagging him, yes, because he, 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 and it's just like, obviously, your number one goal is you need to be banging in the goals. But, you know, you look at that goals we've scored this weekend, a lot of it came via him. You know, you have to be yours. I mean, that goal, he assisted uh, Martinelli and he assisted Saka. And I mean, he also played a big part in that own goal, you would say. And he assisted Pepe in that 2-1 win yeah. against Wolves, I think. So, you know, he's not scoring always, but he is there and there about him contributing in you know, the last four or five goals. Yeah, and I mean, he's like on a run of... Does it also, they say the assist level or count wasn't quite... I mean, he's, I think it's on seven now, but... They said it was quite impressive the uh, sort of turnaround he's had. He might not contribute in the goals category, but I mean, he, the sort of assist he's laying up, or even, you know, in the build up two goals, he's always involved. So, I mean, it's a real positive sign. I mean, he's, he's really giving a captain's contribution to the team, I find. 100%. Uh, just, you know, the more and more you realize that, you know, Bobby Yang leaving was probably the best thing that happened for the club. I mean, look, I was watching my daughter, the, the Barcelona, Galatasaray game last night, and he came on like as a cameo, like say, those 10, 15 minutes ago. But I was also, like, all the time the commentators are bringing it up of, of Arsenal and up, I mean, and I'm thinking, you know, can you please move on? I mean, both parties are happy. Both parties are doing quite well in the domestic season. So, you know, let it be now. I mean, you know, it's just weird how... how History, we had a drama with him and that. But I mean, for me yeah. now, I'm trying to also kick on. We've got now the next gen to look at now and, you know, to take us onwards and upwards. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Okay, so do you have anything else to touch on before we head out? No, no I'm cool, good. Okay, and take care, guys. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Cheers. Come on, you Gunners. Cheers, Cheers guys. Let's hope we get that three points once again. <laughs>